From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. on tiktok at wrestling delorean pod and follow us on twitter at w underscore delorean pod we have a super stack show for you guys today we're talking all about last night's historic aew grand slam from arthur ash stadium in queens new york which had probably the match of the year in its opening contest between brian danielson and kenny omega a lot more crazy shit happened on that show we're gonna talk all about it today once again, thank you so much for all my fans from all over the world. Mexico, Canada, the UK, Ireland, Germany, Brazil, Cambodia, Philippines, the United States of America. There's all these fans from all over the world that conjugate to the Rest of the Lauren podcast, that ride along with the Rest of the Lauren podcast, and I salute you guys. Thank you so much. Let's get into this super stack show right now. First and foremost, I want to thank all our fans. I want to thank everybody for allowing me into your morning routine on a daily basis. Thank you so much. Like I said, without you, there is no us. Like we do every week here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, we're starting out with the news and notes around the wrestling world. And of course, right now, it all has to do with last night's AEW Dynamite Grand Slam from Queens, New York, Arthur Ashe Stadium. 20,000 people sold out that venue. What and historic, historic, historic night it was for AEW. But before we get there, before we get into the dream match between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega, earlier in the day, Brian Danielson put out a very heartfelt thank you to the WWE. He salutes the company that got his name on a global worldwide stage. 
And I think that's cool. It's a breath of fresh air. He's not one of these guys who are bitter about his past. He's not one of these guys who's going to come in and talk shit about the WWE. I mean, he has nothing to talk shit about. He met his wife there. He main evented numerous WrestleManias, held the title numerous times. He's beloved. He was given a chance. And I think that that's really cool that he gives back and says thank you to the WWE. He he said in an interview that he wished that everybody knew Vince McMahon the way he knows Vince McMahon, which is very interesting because I talk a lot of shit about Vince McMahon here on this show. But really cool to see that, you know, Brian Danielson had a lot, a lot, a lot of historic moments in the WWE. To name a few, right off the bat, the whole Yes movement becoming a thing, the whole, you know taking over, occupying Raw, taking over, demanding your spot in WrestleMania, demanding a main event spot in WrestleMania just because you're the most popular guy on the show. Something has to be said. The guy's popularity was so organic. He organically got over, and that crowd never let him forget it. He became one of the most over guys in the company at a time where John Cena was still there. At a time where CM Punk was still there. At a time where Randy Orton was still at his peak. Guys like Triple H was still wrestling. Guys like The Undertaker were still wrestling. Brock Lesnar was there. Goldberg was there. And it didn't matter. Daniel Bryan was still one of the most over guys in the WWE. And he salutes his time in the WWE. You know, he feels thankful for his time in the WWE. But... As his career now switches gears to all elite wrestling, he is ready to write that next chapter. And boy, did he ever, last night at AEW Grand Slam, he had what was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal matchup with the best bout machine in front of a rabid 20,000 fans that were on their feet the entire matchup. We're going to be talking about that in a bit. But before that, more AEW news to come out of the news It is being talked that there is going to be a new championship title debuting very soon, being announced here. It is going to probably be for the women's division. It is rumored that it is a TBS champion, which will be a secondary title for the women. I don't think that there's ever been a secondary title besides tag team titles in any women's division in professional wrestling. So I think that's pretty cool. It's different. It'll bring more women's wrestling onto the show. Because there's times where on a Dynamite you'd have like four or five, maybe even six men's matches. And then you'd have one women's match. And and as you continue to try to build this women's division, having one match on a two-hour show is not going to really do much for them. They need to be spotlighted more. Having women like Ruby Soho on the uh, roster now, Thunder Rosa, a great champion, and Britt Baker. Veterans for AEW like Chris Statlander, The Bunny. Um, Penelope Ford, Anna Jay, Jade Cardgill, Ty Conti. There's so much talent. You need to showcase them more. And having a secondary title would do just that. I would even I would even be mad if they have a women's tag team title match or a women's tag team champions because that would be really awesome as well. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with this women's division and how they're going to showcase it more. Because definitely, it needs to be showcased. You want to continue to build it. You want to continue to showcase these women. You got to put them in a spotlight to showcase them. You can't just have them one match out of a four-hour show. Anyway, we're, we're just going to get right into it. When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about AEW Dynamite Grand Slam and what was a historic, historic, historic event. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to talk about AEW Grand Slam from Queens, New York, Arthur Ashe Stadium. A sold-out 20,000-seat stadium. What a beautiful moment it was. We're going to be talking all about that historic show right here, right now. So let's get into it. AEW is not the norm. AEW does not follow rules. They don't go by structures that are templates of how to book a wrestling show and that is so apparent here because the opening matchup of this historic night here in Queens New York was Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega the dream match that we all waited for the dream match that we all wanted to see it happened in the first matchup and because it did that crowd was going absolute apeshit the whole matchup but before I get into that match I wanted to talk about the venue looked awesome Having AEW sell out 20,000 seats in New York City, the backyard of the WWE, it's historic, you know, and this is due to a revolution, this is due to an uprise, this is due to a a cause for a better industry, and I am just so excited to see what's coming in the future, because it seems like this is a new era, it seems like things are just getting started here in AEW, and boy, whew, was this a great launching pad here because the first matchup, Daniel Bryan, well, sorry, Bryan Danielson versus Kenny Omega was absolutely phenomenal. What can I say about this matchup, man? They went, first of all, right off the bat, they went to the 30-minute time limit draw. And I'm not mad at it. It got me excited to see what's chapter two. It got me excited to see where they're going to be going with the feud between Bryan Danielson and Kenny Omega. Are they doing full gear? Do we get an Iron Man match? Do we get a 60-minute time limit draw? Do we get wh- wh- What do we get next between these two? Because I am all in on this feud. These guys mesh so well. We haven't seen this type of Kenny Omega, in my opinion, in AEW yet. 
This was Kenny Omega versus Okada-like. This was Kenny Omega's best bout machine. This is Kenny Omega in New Japan at his peak. That's the Kenny Omega we got. And Brian Danielson is not even, what, like, Brian Danielson took four months off, and he didn't miss a step. The guy was in incredible ring shape. He looked like he was having a hell of a time. This match, yeah, what can I say, man? Words cannot describe how amazing this match was. This, my friends, was the match of the year without a doubt. I literally just said that. I literally just said that about what? Two, three weeks ago about the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks inside the cage. But I mean, shit, how could you watch this match and not say it's better than that? This is the probably the best match in AEW history. Singles, tag, whatever. This is the best match in AEW's history. And to have it for free on Dynamite, no less. On the weekly television, that's what makes AEW can't miss television. Every week, they're trying to one-up their week before. There's no complacency. There's no taking it easy one week. There's no, oh, well, this is, you know, not typically a wrestling town, so we're going to, you know, go, uh. No, every week, no matter where they are, Dynamite is a can't-miss show. And it's matches like this that makes it a can't-miss show. Having... A time limit draw, I believe, opened up the possibility for so many things to happen in the future. And I cannot wait to see where they're going to go with this. It's insane. There were so many spots in this match. So many that I could talk about. So many that were scary spots. So many insane, breathtaking spots by both Omega and Danielson. We saw an old school Danielson. A ring of honor Brian Danielson. He even brought back the cattle of mutilation. Like, we haven't seen that move in the WWE. That was Brian Danielson. That's American Dragon. That was not Daniel Bryan. That's the American Dragon. The crowd doing the old chant of, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. That's old school Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson reminding the referee, Paul Turner, that he has till five to break the... Uh, submission hold. That's old school Brian Danielson. I don't know if these were things that he wanted to do but was told not to do in the WWE, but he, he looks like he's home. He looks like he is whole again. He looks like he is able to be who he wants to be. And I'm not saying that the WWE held him back. By no means am I saying that the WWE held him back because they definitely did it. Brian Danielson got shot after shot. Brian Danielson is a former... Three or four time world heavyweight champion. Brian Danielson wrestled at WrestleMania's main event twice. You, you can't say that, oh well, he wasn't able to be his best self. It's because of the WWE not discarding the 10 years of Brian Danielson on the independence, but it's because of the time he spent in the WWE. The 11 years in the WWE that Brian Danielson was able to take his craft and master it. Become a household name. Become a megastar. Become organically over to the point that he could do no wrong in this crowd's eyes. And I don't know if there was things that they told him not to do. But 
infusing that with the old school American dragon, Brian Danielson, you see what the outcome is here. You just see how much fun he's having, and it's so good to see. Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson had the perfect matchup on the show. And honestly, anybody who's hating on this matchup, you can't call yourself a wrestling fan. What could you critique here? What could you critique? There's nothing to critique. Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega wrestled the perfect matchup. Five stars. Five stars. Shit. I'm going to give him a six. A Meltzer. I'm going to do you. I'm going to give him a six star. It had the atmosphere, the aura of the insane, rabid New York fans. 20,000 strong. Two of the best wrestlers in their prime going head to head. It felt like a big fight feel. It felt like a WrestleMania main event. Forget the whole, oh, this could main event a pay-per-view. It felt like the biggest pay-per-view in the world could be main evented by this match. This could have main evented WrestleMania. This could have main evented Triple Mania. This could have main evented the Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. This would have delivered the same exact way. That's how great this match was. And the best part about it is when this match was at an end and when this match finished and came to a finish, the show was just getting started. And that crowd didn't sit down for the rest of the two hours. After this, we got CM Punk who came out massively over in New York. Huge pop. He addresses the critiques from the online community saying that why is CM Punk having a love fest here in AEW? He needs to be pissed off. He needs to be mad. CM Punk is like, how can I be pissed off? He once again loves what he does. He has the passion. Yeah, you know what? I'm sure CM Punk is too good of a heel and has so much fun being a heel. I'm sure we will eventually get heel CM Punk. But CM Punk been away for seven years. Let the guy be happy. Shit. Like, how are you mad at someone for being happy? Let the guy be happy. All these people, oh, he needs to wrestle more. He needs to... Well, tune in to Rampage on Friday. Because he's wrestling Powerhouse Hobbs. And he addresses Powerhouse Hobbs here. And it was a great, great, great promo. CM Punk had a passionate promo that really, you know, was heartfelt. But also furthered the storyline. Which is really, really cool. CM Punk seems like the rallying captain of AEW right now. And he just got there. But no one is putting AEW on their back more than CM Punk is right now. Based off the opening matchup and the opening segment between Danielson and Omega and then Punk. I'd say that this show deserves a high-ass rating over whatever they ever did as their highest. Their biggest rating was the 1.4 for their debut. This should be 1.5, right? This deserves all the views in the world. And like I said, we're just getting started. When we come back from this commercial break, we'll be talking about the rest of AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker. MJF versus uh, Brian Pillman Jr. It's, it's, it's insanely stagnant. Man, what a show. We, we'll be right back. 
Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into the next match here on AEW Dynamite Grand Slam from Queens, New York. MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. This matchup was built to for a couple weeks now. It's becoming a very personal feud between these two guys. And it all culminated here at Dynamite. So we're going to get into that right now. MJF, who, by the way, his parents were in the crowd with the sign that says, We're MJF's parents and we think he sucks too. That was brilliant. That was hilarious. MJF is just so good. Everything he does is so good. Like, even his family having, like, playing kayfabe on it, amazing. But MJF and Brian Pillman, it was a solid matchup. Probably the weakest matchup of the night. And that's saying a lot because this was a very solid matchup. I would give this matchup a 3 out of 5 stars. It had the energy. It had the build. It had the story. It's just that... It followed one of the greatest matches of all time. So it's hard to go out there next after you had a kick-ass match between Danielson and Omega. After you have a kick-ass promo by CM Punk and then follow that. But, I mean, the crowd wasn't dead. You still had the crowd eating at out of uh, MJF's hands. In the end, though, MJF picks up the victory. He wins in his hometown of New York. And even though he's from New York, the crowd still booed him out the building. But like I said, a really solid matchup. Next, we got Cody Rhodes in his first match back since getting defeated by Malachi Black up against Malachi Black in the rematch. And this matchup was really good as well. Cody Rhodes was back. He was uh, accompanied by Arn Anderson and the return of Brandy Rhodes. This was a good matchup. Malachi Black... Looked like a million bucks in there. Cody looked like he missed a step a couple times. He, he looked like he was a little lost for wear sometimes. But still a good match nonetheless. And the right guy went over. Malachi Black beat Cody Rhodes using the Black Mist. 
Really, really cool spot. Really cool to see. I really enjoyed the ending of this matchup. It looks like we're alluding to Cody Rhodes going heel, which I think that at this point needs to happen. That crowd was booing Cody out the building. They were 100% Malachi Black fans. And I think that, you know, let's, let's not go Super Cena with Cody here. Make Cody go bad. Cody has a bit of an ego. It'll work. He's been a bad guy before. Played a really good heel in Ring of Honor. Played a really good heel in the WWE. He's not Superman. And now when you have, no offense to Cody Rhodes, but now when you have the caliber of talent in AEW, like Danielson, Punk, Cole, you got to got to stand out a little bit. You got your top baby faces right there. Hangman's going to return. You got your top baby faces right there. So how do you how do you stand out from the bunch? Why not be a heel? You know you could do it. Why not do it? And we've seen signs here of him being a heel, pushing the referee, banging into Arn Anderson on the apron, taking him down. He could do it. So let's see what happens. Black though, right guy went over. I would like to see uh, Malachi Black start transitioning away from the Rhodes family here. Let's start seeing Malachi Black start chasing for a title. Because who else is he going to face? Like, I don't want to see this all. Cody descends into evil and he has to fight fire with fire with Malachi Black to get a victory. That, that would be bullshit. That would be the same shit that we saw with Brody Lee where Cody dyed his hair black and came back dark and he needed to fight dark with dark to beat Brody Lee. Let's not redo that storyline, please. Shit, I wouldn't even be mad if you put Cody Rhodes with the Elite. It would make sense. The Elite's heels. He's a part of the Elite. Or is he? I mean, is he not a part of the Elite? AEW All Elite Wrestling, the Elite. The, the predecessor of All In. Where the Young Bucks and Cody went all in on themselves. I mean, Cody Rhodes should be with the other EVPs, right? I mean, we'll see what happens. But, nonetheless, great matchup. Great guy went over. I enjoyed it. Really cool to see the development of the character of Malachi Black. You know, instead of the white smoke, it was red. He had the red eye. Really, really cool to see the Muay Thai shorts with the red trim. I think that, you know, he's definitely developing more into the character. And there's so many layers to the Malachi Black character. That's why I want to see more out of him instead of just feuding with Cody. Let's see a title chase. Let's see Malachi Black versus Miro. I would love that. Let's see Malachi Black versus Pac Andrade. Let's see these matches. I would love them. Love them. Anyway, next we got a dream tag match. It is FTR versus Darby Allin and Sting. Sting got a huge, massive pop. Darby Allen himself got a huge, massive pop. And I think it's really clear to see that Darby Allen was a huge star in AEW before Sting even got there. But since Sting and Darby Allen partnered up, Darby's star power has just been incredible. It's blown through the roof. You know, there was people dressed up as Darby Allen at the show. Really, really cool to see. Darby Allen is definitely a homegrown talent that's going to be doing major, major things here in AEW. But yeah, Sting and Darby Allen were amazing in this matchup. So was FTR. But Sting at 62 wrestles better than some guys that 
are in their 50s. Sting moves like he is in his 40s. It's incredible. I don't even know how it's possible for Sting to move like that. I don't know how it's possible for Sting to be wrestling like he is only like 40 years old. The guy is still flexible. He can move well. Hitting dives, stinger splashes, hitting that deep squat for the Scorpion Deathlock. Yo, really, really cool moment here to see Sting inside of the stadium. Really, really cool moment to see Sting and Darby pick up the victory. I mean, sooner or later, Sting and Darby right now are an undefeated tag team. Are we going to get a tag team title match between Sting and Darby versus the Lucha Bros? That would be interesting. But sooner or later, as a team, Sting and Darby need to pick up a... I mean, they should get a title shot, right? They're undefeated as a team. I believe they're like 5-0 and now. Might as well. Let's see them as a team. Go against the, the Lucha Bros or whoever else. Like, I would love to see that. Main event of the night, we had Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho, who once again was super over. Both women were super over on this show. And they put together a really, really good main event. A main event that was main eventing a show that had a dream match. Great tag matches, legends, a wonderful blood feud between Malachi Black and Cody. You had everything on the show, and the women are going to main events it. Was a really good match, a real solid matchup. Britt Baker retains. Ruby Soho looked like a million bucks in this match, though. Britt Baker looked like a million and one bucks, though. It was a really good matchup. Altogether, this show was absolutely phenomenal. I'm giving the show a strong 5 out of 5 stars. In my opinion, this was just as good or even better than AEW All Out, which I called their best show yet. So, I mean, how could I not give them that 5 out of 5? It was amazing, 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 amazing. And it does feel like the start of something new in AEW, and I can't wait to see what's to come. To think that Hangman Page is not even back. To think that there's rumors that Bray Wyatt is coming in. There's so much things to be excited about right now if you're an AEW fan. And it's just incredible. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you tune in tomorrow to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We're going to talk all about tonight's Impact Wrestling. We're going to talk all about the lead up and the build to AEW Rampage tomorrow night. Hope everyone follows us follows us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Love you all. Thanks for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Take care. Stay safe. One love. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 